0: Friend, welcome to Faith FM, drive time, big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world, religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, a South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. We'll love to always welcome you to the program and please stay with us for this hour because we have a program uh, prepared for you to enjoy and to benefit. We'll have a couple of uh, things uh, put together here, some uh, breaking news, some uh, World Watch segment and then uh, we are going to look into uh, this um, question. uh, Under this theme, is the good book too violent and our question for today my dear friend is can the holy spirit change a violent world if you have a thought if you have a comment in regard to this if you like to be part of this program you know that you could uh, uh, send us a text message as we go uh, for this hour and uh, the number where you can send the text message is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Please don't hesitate to uh, come along and uh, maybe just tell us where you are listening from. You may be in a very uh, nice spot, uh, beautiful weather, not like here, another light cold. And uh, uh, today is not too bad, but uh, the other day was just raining and raining and raining and very cold. Let us know where you're listening from. And um, later on, we'll come uh, to you also with the offer which we have for today. Please have this number safe, zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. But I would like to say hello uh, and welcome to the program to my uh, uh, co-hosts because I've got two people today here in the studio. And first of all, I would like to say hello to Charles. Charles, you've been with us last week uh, and uh, thank you for joining us uh, for the next couple of weeks and maybe More often, uh, if it's possible, on Fridays. And um, for those people who may not uh, heard you last week, uh, just maybe a a couple of words about yourself. I'm Charles.
1: Uh, I worship at uh, Prospect International Seventh day Adventist. Um, I am engaged with the church in uh, teaching, Bible study, and other activities with our young people. I'm also, interestingly, a diesel mechanic, so... I do work with my hands as well, and
0: work in the field of the Lord as well. Oh, wonderful. Uh, If I need some more than for my car, I know who to ask. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, uh, I have David Lima here from Family Voice Australia. Also, it's good to have you with us in the studio, David. Wonderful to be with you, Nick and Charles. Well, guys, uh, as I said, we have a very important program, I shall say, today, because we Talk about some very important things uh, the whole week uh, we were asking questions like uh, why does the Bible contain so much violence? What was uh, the God of the Old Testament? Was a violent monster? How did Christ deal with violence? Just the other day uh, our good friends Fabiano and uh, Hugh they were asking this question was Desmond Doss, an extremist. Now, you may not know about Desmond Doss. some of you, but uh, a very well-known uh, hero, I shall say, in the United States uh, during the Second World War uh, when he was on the battlefield fighting in brackets, I shall say, with not carrying a gun. He never carried a gun with him. But he was uh, on the battlefield and was uh, decorated with the highest decoration, I will say. And yes, today we are continuing on this um, topic. Can the Holy Spirit change a violent world? And when we say that, we are talking about uh, also talking about people, because uh, uh, the violent world is violent because of violent people. <laughs> uh, if we will be not violent, probably this world will be very peaceful and uh, a beautiful place to live in. But uh, yes, if you have any questions, uh, my dear friend listening today, any thoughts in regard to this uh, question which we just uh, mentioned, please send us a text message to 4 I would like to come to you guys. Uh, we have a couple of things uh, under this segment, uh, World Watch, and I probably should start with some of the breaking news uh, just happening as we talk here. Some sad news. Uh, you may heard about um, this um, five people. Mm-hmm. They went into a capsule to go down deep, like to the bottom of the sea to explore, or to look at the wreckage of the Titanic. Yeah. David, I come to you on, on this one. Uh, what stands out for you when you look at that story? Well, the
2: iceberg <laughs> is still claiming lives. It's extraordinary that the disaster which occurred back in 1912 is still echoing to the present. And, of course, our hearts uh, and thoughts and prayers go out to the families who are left behind after they've lost their, uh, their five loved ones. In fact, um, a father and a son perished. But I cannot also uh, avoid the conclusion that we are really playing around with things that we shouldn't be playing around with here. Mm. And I'm referring to the name of the Titanic ship and of this little submarine that's gone down now. I don't wish to be crude, and I know this is a sensitive time, but still the truth is the truth. The ship should never have been called the Titanic, Mm -hmm. and this little submarine should never never have been called the Titan. Well, what's the problem? The Titans are a class of Greek gods, and they were known as the pre-Olympian gods, and they ruled, allegedly, the cosmos in ancient mythology. They were giant immortal deities and they were considered the first-generational gods. Mm. So to say that the ship was Titanic is to link them uh, with this class of gods. It had a sister ship called the Olympic, and similarly uh, there's that connection to ancient Greek mythology. And uh, I just find that uh, disturbing, because indeed as someone apparently was getting on the ship, Uh, they turned to uh, one of the crew and said, is it true that this ship is unsinkable? Mm. Uh, Yes, ma'am, came the reply. Uh, God himself could not sink this ship. And in that era, and we're talking about uh, just prior to the First World War, really, there was this incredible... um, grandiose optimism. It's good to be optimistic, but this is a grandiose optimism that we will build the biggest liner in the world. They were determined to break the record, the transatlantic record, and when other ships had settled for the night, knowing that there were icebergs in the area, knowing the danger, still they pressed on on a moonless night, and of course the rest is history. Knowing the dangers of going down in this tiny little submarine, and it was 3,000 meters down, uh, the pressure enormous. In fact, each of them had to sign a waiver Mm. that uh, if anything went wrong, no one would be held to account. Accountable, yeah. Uh, I mean, the the danger was writ large, uh, and still they pressed on, and and yet they still use this, this term titan. It's like we still haven't got it. We still haven't learned the lessons. So I think that uh, we need to heed the words of Jesus Himself, because you'll recall that when He was asked about a, an act uh, of of um, of great calamity, when there was a a collapse of a tower, He simply said. Well, do you think the people who died in that were any worse sinners than anyone else? Mm-hmm. I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will perish. So straight away our Lord is turning the the news story of the day, and Jesus followed the news. We don't recognize this, but he followed the news. He was asked by the disciples about a pressing news story, the collapse of the Tower of Salaam. It's Luke 18 for those who would like to look it up afterwards. And he gave immediately a gospel message, a message of salvation, the need to repent as he looked at the news. And this is what we must do in World Watch here on the program each week. Having answered the question of the disciples, then Jesus brought another news story to the table, and that was the massacre of the Jewish pilgrims by Pilate. Uh, And he mixed their own blood with the sacrifices that they were to make. It was a massacre. Do you think they were worse sinners, Jesus asked, answering his own question. He says, no, but I tell you that unless you repent, you too will perish. So I can only conclude one thing from this awful news out of the United States uh, today, and that is that I must repent of my sins or I too will perish.
0: And that's a challenge for all of us as we listen. Indeed, consider this matter. indeed. Charles, uh, coming to you, uh, what are your thoughts uh, in regard to this tragedy? Because, yeah, we we can call it a, trage- a tragedy because there are so many people left behind who I uh, believe they are mourning, they are affected by this, even though people are uh, going to extremes sometimes, you know, and as David was pointed out, I heard about on the news saying that the Titanic is claiming another five lives. What are your thoughts, uh, Charles?
1: Yeah, I think um, when hearing the this news out of the U.S., it's sad when when five lives are lost because the, the first thing that comes to mind as a believer is where are they? Uh, where were they in their lives? Had they accepted the salvation that mm. is freely given? Mm. Um, because their fate is now sealed for eternity. And it also brings to mind the thoughts of um, the first Titanic when it sank. The very words of saying the Titanic is unsinkable are words of defiance. And and we know who started with the spirit of defiance is Satan himself. He chose to defy God and the rest as they say is history he was cast out of heaven Mm. and and by people saying the titanic is unsinkable and as uh, my colleague has just uh, elaborated naming it after the greek Pantheon is is also in itself an act of defiance Mm. and the bible does tell us that the heart is deceitful above all things it leads one to overestimate their actual abilities, see themselves in in light of things that they possibly could not achieve. Unfortunate unfortunate as it sounds, uh, and as it is uh, for the families that are affected, people will continuously try to defy God. Mm. And uh, God is not violent. God is there to save lives.
0: That's, yeah, and we're dealing with this, uh, for the whole week. We looked at these questions because many people will have that image about God, that God is a violent God. And whatever happens around, God is, God is guilty. People are taking their, in their own hands, um, many times, you know, the, their lives and not giving God the glory and the one who's, uh, able to protect and to, um, to look after us in all aspects, but we are here to serve God. And you you said something very interesting. These five people, were they at peace with God? Were they prepared for these moments to finish their uh, lives? Because you cannot change anything else after this. Well, the, the
1: God of uh, the Old Testament, whom many, many people view as violent clearly says himself in his word that he is not pleased with the death of a sinner Mm. he would like everyone to come to repentance so whichever way we view god we have we possibly could be viewing god in the lens that is wrong we need to go back to his word and see what he says even he even says come let's reason together even if your sin is red as scarlet. It shall be as white as snow. So God continuously gives an invitation to come back to him. Mm. He wants to save lives. So, and this is the same God who, who is now seen in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, where he says, I change not. So if he changes not, is the same God who has moved from the Old Testament saying, I do not delight in the death of the wicked. And it's the same Jesus who we now see in the, in person who says, there's an eternal gift given to you you only need to accept mm.
0: yeah very true and um, as david mentioned also would like to think of this uh, you know people involved and all the efforts also um, you know people were uh, against the clock there to do whatever they can to save these people but that didn't happen and uh, our thoughts our prayers Goes to those ones who are uh, affected uh, right now. And uh, yeah, we are not here to judge people, to be judgmental, but we are here to uphold the Word of God. I mean, to uh, look at the Word of God and to understand because uh, many times we have a misunderstanding, a wrong image about God, the Creator. And sustainable of all things, and uh, yeah, we can fall into all sorts of traps. We are going to look at another article just in a moment, uh, which is again um, quite um, sensitive uh, to look at this. Um, and when I when I looked at the, even the topic which we have for the whole week, you know, talking about a violent God and uh, looking into the Old Testament and all those stories, um, yeah, it's not easy to just uh, leave it behind and just it will raise some questions and this is an article here, Charles and uh, David, uh, an event which happened just a couple of weeks ago in the United States in America and it says this did a church that embraces LGBTQ plus people burn down after a lightning strike. That's the, the article. And when I looked at this, I thought, wow, how should we uh, look at this, you know, uh, because it's very sensitive and uh, people are going to, to say all sorts of things. But let me just read maybe a, uh, uh, a sentence of, or two from, uh, from this one. It says that on uh, June the 6th, a viral tweet uh, with a video of a church burning began to receive thousands of engagements. The captions of the tweet read LGBTQ plus church gets struck by lighting and burns to the ground. In this story, we've laid out the facts behind this subject. The context of the apparent implication that a higher power caused the fire. Thoughts from the church's leader and also backgrounds on the property's centuries-old history. To our surprise, that history includes another fire, and that's another thing to talk about. Now, if we look into this article a bit further we learn that uh, there are uh, different uh, opinions or views. And I will just like to read something from the Reverend uh, Bruce uh, McLeod. I mean, he is the minister for uh, this church and another church. And he said these things. I have to say that I don't think God made the fire. I don't think God made us sick. I don't think God makes the bad things happen. I don't think God does it to teach us things. I don't think God does it to punish us. I do believe God is there with us in the midst of it and that God is here with us to help us pick up the pieces and figure out what to do next. I believe this statement, we can uh, sit here for the whole hour and just talk about this statement because it's a very interesting statement. Now, where do we leave God here? Any of you uh, would like to make a comment on this? Where where do we leave God here if we look at this statement? Well, again, I,
2: I refer back to Luke chapter 18 where Jesus spoke about the importance of repentance and uh, that is the only definitive Christ-centered conclusion we can make about whether God is or is not at work in the situation. Yes, of course he's at work, not necessarily because he <laughs> sent the lightning bolt, but because he's bringing conviction of sin. And whenever we see anyone losing their lives, of course, we must think about our own mortality, and therefore God is at work. So I can make no conclusion about the lightning bolt, but I think it is uh, prudent to err on the side of caution in the matter. And I I love to highlight a wonderful speech or document, I should say, a proclamation, in fact, that was issued by President Abraham Lincoln. This was back in 1863, so what, 260 years ago this year. It was in March of 1863 during the, the depths of the American Civil War that he issued his proclamation appointing a national fast day, and he concluded that the calamity of the Civil War, which claimed a million lives, both military and civilian, it's a lot of people, he concluded that it was a judgment visited on America for its presumptuous sins. Mm. And he says that there must be a day of humility, of fasting and prayer. And he says that uh, as people gather together and seek God and fast and pray, and I quote now from the proclamation, all this being done in sincerity and truth, let us then rest humbly in the hope authorized by the divine teachings that the united cry of the nation will be heard on high and answered with blessings, no less than the pardon of our national sins and the restoration of our now divided and suffering country to its former happy condition of unity and peace. So that was Lincoln's response to the calamity of the Civil War. Our response as God's people to the demise of those five in the Titan submarine or to the news about this church being struck by lightning must similarly be that we should err on the side of divine chastisement mm-hmm. but more be more concerned about ourselves rather than sort of pointing the figure, the, the, the finger and wagging the finger at others and saying, "Aha well they 're clearly being judged, well, perhaps they are, perhaps they 're not, but unless I repent, I will perish
0: yes david, and uh, it 's very interesting because that 's what I said these are sensitive uh issues to talk about this but what about uh, and I'll come to you in a moment Charles just to uh, to hear from you a little bit of uh, you know what's your um, taken on this but I'm thinking I cannot help but just think stories from the Bible for example like Nineveh when uh, God is uh, sending a messenger there to tell them that uh, he's going to destroy this city he's going to uh, you know because the people were far from God Now, God never wants to destroy people, as you mentioned a bit earlier, Charles. But he wants to warn us and to take a a, a position. And fortunately, the people in Nineveh, they took the warning and they were saved. Now, if they wouldn't take the warning, what would happen? I believe it would be pretty much the same like Sodom and Gomorrah. When, uh, you know, God punished I mean, I, I don't know even what words to use, but there are yeah, biblical yeah, yeah, words, absolutely. but it's biblical, judged, biblical judged, words, you know. Just <laughs> and can we, can we hold God accountable for what he's doing? Can we? Can we say that God is like, as I read here, this uh, statement from the Reverend of, I, I know, I know, not easy to be in his uh, mm. shoes at the moment, but We cannot say that God is not able or God is not um, Mm, free to do what he wants to do. He can give life and he can take life. Indeed. Who can judge him for that? And
2: and, and to chastise and to punish those who are unrepentant. Mm. So uh, the the problem is that while, of course, we should love people who are struggling with issues of sexual identity, absolutely love them, Mm. uh, receive them, encourage them, but also lovingly warn them. Yes. Because otherwise we're shortchanging them, and uh, it would be a mistake simply to smile and say, God loves you and so do I, Mm. because God is also not only a God of love, but a God of righteousness and justice. And all three are really brought together on the cross where the love of God is shown and his justice is dealt with and his righteousness is exalted. Mm. So we absolutely must have Christians who are precise about right and wrong, who don't mess around with these spiritual things, and who recognize that God is a holy God. But uh, yes, we, we we can make no definitive conclusion, as I say, but we should err on the side of assuming that this could well be divine chastisement, and then we must a- address our own conscience in the matter. Yes. Charles?
1: Yeah, I, I, I do agree with uh, with David here. Uh, and reading what uh, the Reverend Bruce McLeod said, he is expressing a lot of what I as a human would think. It's more of, um, you know, putting myself in, in a viewpoint where I sort of limit what God can do really uh, because it begins by saying, I don't think God made the fire. And God clearly says His His thoughts are not our thoughts. Mm. As as high as the heavens is, so is His thoughts. Mm. We, His we, plans. Are, yes. We are way down here. Um, God is capable of making a fire, and He has demonstrated it uh, in, in places in the in the world. Uh, and we also know that God is capable of doing things because He actually says. All these things that happened to them were may, were happened to them as an example so that we learn from those people what happened to them. For us who are living in the end times. So if the world, if, if sinners and, and those were engaged in sexual immorality were destroyed by fire in Sodom and Gomorrah, who is to know how God decides to judge people? Mm. He is absolutely within his power and within his right to judge people. He does some things to teach us as well, so that when we look upon these things, we can see the truthfulness of His word. Um, I also want to refer to to the point of punishment. God does did in punish sin. Otherwise, where is the justice? God implements justice by punishing those who are unrighteous and rewarding those who are righteous but our job as as believers is to to fight to be on the side of the righteous mm. to, to believe in the gift that has been freely given uh, to us uh, and the last point that i just want to make is um, the, the reverend does say i do believe god is there with us in the midst of it and that god is here with us to help us pick up the pieces and figure out what to do next god indeed's mission is to save us out of sin Mm -hmm. he does not want to save us so that we remain in sin who knows this could be a sign to change someone's life because this article states that the church indeed uh, as effect has has uh, in times past uh, embraced the the walk LGBTq plus people mm-hmm. that's that's amazing we want people to come to church to be saved that's what we want that's what God wants and for 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 the reverend to express this those God yes indeed he is with people so that they can be saved he delights in people getting eternal life at the end of the day.
0: Very interesting point, uh, and uh, I express myself uh, around this sort of uh, subjects. Um, and I'm not sure if I said the right thing, but this is how I uh, express myself. I always will uh, be happy, as David said, to receive everybody, to love everybody. Doesn't matter of the condition mm. because we are all sinners. But I will say this: with love, to receive. And God loves to receive everybody for a change. I don't think so God is in a business to receive everyone and says, you can continue to live in that sin. You can continue to be the same as you were before. I believe God says, yes, whatever you do, whatever, you know, I know, I know who, where you are at, but I'm offering you a better place. And that's what I'm trying to say because when a church, it's welcoming, certain group of people you may say uh, a church may welcome um, drug dealers are we going to welcome drug dealers to carry on with their drug dealing or will love them to put behind that sort of thing and be changed mm. because i believe this is the this is the uh, you know yeah uh, i've had a personal
1: experience of uh, coming in contact with someone who came to church well, with gold chains and tattoos and just the act of welcoming them and showing them that this is the place where if you are here, you are surrounded by love because God loves you, but he wants you to change. The person eventually left the chains. Said, you know what? I am going to remain here because you've shown me that there's a different kind of life to be Mm. lived, and a life in Christ is better than the life that
0: you can live out there. It's more satisfying, and that's the whole point, actually. I've been myself in the show business uh, before I came to Christ, you know. And I, I was in a party every day, you know. I thought that's life. I loved it, but every time, you know, I wake up in the next morning and I was empty. I was just, you know, nothing there, nothing happened. And when God showed me what life really means, then I was happy to put behind everything and follow Him, because you cannot follow Him. Uh, um, you know, you need to put behind your old. You know what the Bible speaks about that. You, you need to renounce, at uh, your sinful life, and receive Jesus and receive Him as our Savior. And will be cleansed through His blood. Right. Uh, look, these two things which we talked about—very sensitive. Um, before I'm moving to the a bit of discussion on the, on our question uh, today, any any final thoughts? Because I'm going to take a short break and give the offer which you have for today.
2: Well, I think we've said all we need to on this matter, Nick.
0: So. Yeah. Well, look. I think again, I will say that all our. Prayers and sympathy goes with those people who are suffering. My dear friend listening today, you may have a thought, you may have a question even and you may have a prayer which you like to say. Please send it to us. Send a text message to zero four Triple Eight eight zero eight double one. Our offer for today it's a wonderful book called The Christian Art of War. This is a book by Ivan Myers, his father was a career soldier. Ivan Myers grew up in a culture of warfare. From his childhood into his adult years, he practiced the art of um, combat. Uh, He was trained in uh, martial arts. Uh, But when he put his faith in Christ, Myers put away the weapons of this world and began training for a different kind of conflict that all Christians must surely face, the war against self. My dear friend, this is a wonderful book. You don't want to miss this book. This is your chance now to send us a text message to 4 888 The code is SA123. We are going to take a short break now, have a song, and we'll be back. Uh, Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. This is Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Q&A. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
3: You are the one we adore
0: back. This is FateFM DriveTime BQ&A with Nick Rita. and in the studio we have uh, here Charles and uh, uh, David DeLima. We are talking today about uh, uh, violence and uh, we had uh, a question uh, to ask uh, today. The theme was, is the good book too violent? And our question for today is can the Holy Spirit change a violent world? We look at some questions like, uh, why does the Bible contain so much violence? Uh, was the God of the Old Testament a violent monster? And um, how did Christ deal uh, with violence? Charles, I may come to you now and uh, ask this question again. Can the Holy Spirit change a violent World, um, Nick. It it, it seems uh, we
1: we pros- possibly fall into into the trap of uh, looking things in a, in a one dimensional view. Uh, maybe another question would be: Why is the world really corrupt? Mm. Uh, and we we do get a snippet of what corruption really is by definition. I just want to take you to the book of Galatians, chapter five. And we're just going to, to read a few verses here in Galatians chapter 5. I will begin on verse 19, and it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, Murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And in 22 it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So, when you really consider this issue of, or the question, can the Holy Spirit change a violent world, the things that have been mentioned in in the book of Galatians pretty much makes it clear what a world no one wants to live in looks like. Mm. You want a world which is safe, and I think everyone would agree with me that uh, maybe 30 years ago... Things were not as they are today because the world has gone much more violent. Could it be because there is, there is more violence in movies or in video games? Uh, are we conditioned to look at violence as a normal part of life? Mm. Mm. So all these things do factor into, into how we see the world as well as how we see God himself. But can the Holy Spirit really change a violent world we 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 i I believe we do have uh, answers in the in the in the bible itself because um first of all the bible does tell us in the book of romans that the carnal mind itself is against god so Mm. by nature the the human mind does not want to do good things and none of us can do good things save with the holy spirit in us for me to have compassion on the next person it can only be something real that comes from God. Because by nature, I'm not capable of being compassionate. Right? I'm not capable of being good. I'm not capable of being kind. And the wars that we've seen is because it's a sign
0: that we're not capable. Only by the Spirit, even peace can be in the world. Yeah, it reminds me about Apostle Paul. Yeah, uh, as he said, uh, the mind, and you know, with the mind, we, I want to do good. But Absolutely. This, this flesh, it's, uh, it's mm, wicked. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, what, what can I do? Uh, Paul is asking that question, you know, and he found the answer, you know, we need to give it to God. We need to allow God to transform, to change us. David, you have a thought on that. Yes, the role of the Holy Spirit
2: is one that we could spend a lot of time studying and we often think about the Holy Spirit as being an indwelling personal entity and of course he is that, Uh, but of course the Holy Spirit has a much bigger mission than simply dealing with individuals. When Pedro de Quiros arrived on the offshore island of Vanuatu and claimed what he thought was the great southern supercontinent, he did so in the name of the Holy Spirit and he hoped that this, this land will be known as, as the Holy Spirit land. So he was thinking well beyond the individual. And we need to take a leaf from his book in that respect. And of course, the Bible starts off by saying that the Holy Spirit was brooding over the waters. Mm-hmm. How interesting is that? Mm. Why would the Holy Spirit brood or hover over the waters? It's because the, it's because the Holy Spirit is interested in, in, something beyond the individual, something of cosmic significance, of national significance, and whole nations have been transformed by the gospel. I was reflecting as I was teaching students just this week that Malta became the first Christian nation. Uh, The gospel took hold, and the gospel has taken hold of many nations and brought wonderful transformation, delivering us from violence, among other things, Now it's taken a long time because we're all slow learners and Western civilization today is paradoxically more violent but less violent. So it's more violent in certain situations such as the killing of the unborn but it's less violent in that though there are problems in our inner cities, you, you largely still can safely walk the streets. Whereas uh, a couple of hundred years ago, three or four hundred years ago, uh, the violence that was occurring uh, w- would mean that people were terrified of going out of doors mm. by a day or by a night, uh, that they'd be terrified of, uh, of what might happen. Go back to the 1950s, you could leave your car keys in your ignition. Mm-hmm. You could leave your door unlocked. You could leave your children to go and play until the sunset. I uh, still do that they, sometimes, David. To, <laughs> to, oh, that's by accident. <laughs> that's only by accident, Nick. But you could you could send your kids down to the park and they could play into the late hours in summer when the sun not like at the moment when the sun sets at about <laughs> 5:15, but uh, you 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 could safely have your children playing in the park because our nation had been touched by the Holy Spirit. Individuals Institutions, values, communities. So, I'm a great believer in the power of the Holy Spirit, not only for the individual, valuable as that is, but also for the transformation of nations and, mm. and the whole
0: cosmos. Beautiful. If I will ask, uh, maybe just in a, in a sentence, to say, what's the role of the Holy Spirit? What would you like to say?
1: Charles, well, I, I, I would, I would uh, just refer to the definition that uh, the Bible gives us itself, because the Bible does tell us that the Holy Spirit is one who convict of sin. Uh, he'll convict of righteousness, mm-hmm. and of judgment as mm-hmm. well. So we we cannot know what is right by ourselves, because in my own mind, whatever standard I set can be right for me, but ultimately the Spirit is one who convicts of. What the truth is, and when you know the truth, that's when you can only be convicted of what is right and what is wrong. Anyone can set a standard for themselves. Who is to know? For example, uh, in, in times past in the in the islands, as uh, David had mentioned, th- there were cannibals, and in their society, eating people was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But someone coming from a society that doesn't eat people, the definitely see it as abhorrent so standards will differ but only with the spirit can we have a true standard
0: of what sin is and what is right yes wonderful and you know we we can look at just at this aspect you know again and uh, expand it so much um, but I like today to really get this uh, point that uh, um, God is in the business of salvation God is in the business to uh, sort out things. Uh, it's so much going on in this world, so much pain, so much suffering, so much w- war and everything. My dear friend listening today, uh, I was just mentioning a bit earlier, but if you miss that, I'm inviting you again to um, ask for this book. You just need to send a text message with the code SA123 to 04888. 80811 the book is The Christian Art of War now uh, we are not talking about here uh, always the physical war but we talk about spiritual war also which we are in the middle of it uh, everywhere in this world don't miss this book it's a wonderful book and Ivor Myers he comes from a family um, from career soldiers and uh, himself he talks about that uh, he was trained uh, to combat, um, but he's using these techniques to be able to know how to combat against the enemy of God, Satan, and uh, we know that we can do that only through His power, through God's power, and through His Word. Don't miss this offer. Send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and the code is SA. One, two, three. All right, we have um, a few more minutes left, not much uh, today. I may come back to you, uh, Charles, again here. And after the discussion we have today, we looked at uh, some breaking news. Uh, Those people uh, who are in the depth of the sea uh, lost their lives just with the desire. They were with the desire to see the titanic there and uh, whatever is left there a human desire we have desires then we look at about uh, we look about that uh, church which was uh, struck by a lightning in the united states and then we talk about is the book the good book the bible too violent or is god responsible for all these things going on and if what would you like to say to people who may have a problem with god allowing even to happen these things. What would you say to somebody who's um, on that position, a chance? And I'll come to David in a moment. Uh, God is not the
1: author of suffering and and misery. The author of suffering and misery is is Satan himself because through him deceiving uh, our first parents, he caused sin to enter into the world. Mm. So God is in no way responsible. However, on the positive side, we, we really want to focus on, on what the Spirit does for us. Uh, the Bible does say, um, there's a Greek word for the Holy Spirit called parakletos, which means a helper. The Spirit helps us to see things the way God sees things, mm-hmm. to even see us in, in our true light, because our own minds and our own thinking does, uh, does deceive us. The Bible also again says our best righteousness or morality is as filthy rags because we tend to view ourselves in a certain light. But the Spirit helps us to actually see our true condition. When we see our true condition, then we are able to, to change. Going back to, to, to the uh, articles we were just discussing, mm-hmm. it, it, it strikes me that, uh, Sometimes people would say, you know, God is not involved. Mm. God does not care about human affairs. God is not so far away not to care how we live. Mm-hmm. He is involved on a day-to-day basis because his business, as he says, is to bring all the sheep back into his fold. And each person who is not a believer, uh, the spirit would like to convict that, uh, that person to know what sin really is. And unconverted people can imagine that the external morality can suffice, but only God's standard through his spirit working in us, helping us to realize where we are will give us
0: the the opportunity to to make a better decision Mm -hmm. to walk with him. Indeed, God is involved in everything, and you know I love that thing because, as I looked in the Bible everywhere, I can see God's involvement. Uh, another story came comes into my mind very quickly: uh, Job. You know, and the enemy of God and man, Satan, challenged God. You know, and said, "Oh, you know, he's uh, of course he's following you because you blessed him, and God allowed him to touch uh, him." But interesting that God was involved and says, "But you cannot touch His life." Now, God can put limits, and God can remove himself, I mean uh, step back, and the enemy what will do? He's in the business of killing and destroying. He's in the business of just creating all sorts of pain. God by even stepping back, that's also an action, I will say. And God is um, entitled to do that. David, coming
2: to you. Um. Yes, I appreciate what Charles has said about the role of the Holy Spirit as comforter or advocate. He's also our guide. He's an intercessor, a helper, a revealer of truth. He's a giver of gifts. And wonderfully we read in the book of Romans God, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Mm. So the Holy Spirit is the means by which the love of God is poured into our hearts. So how good is that? And my prayer for all of our listeners is that all of us will be filled with the Holy Spirit. When Paul says, writing to his people, that they should be filled, they were already filled. It really means go on being filled. It's the continuous verb in the Greek. So my prayer is that we will be filled and that we will be continued to be filled, and that we'll be vessels that the Holy Spirit is pleased to occupy the indwelling Holy Spirit it's the Spirit of Christ within us the Spirit of Jesus the book of Acts use that uses that wonderful phrase the Spirit of Jesus so I commend him to all of our listeners Nick
0: thank you so much David this program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio and we are also thankful to Adventist World Radio for their support they do wonderful ministry all around the world but my dear friend, you have the opportunity to receive a free gift from us. We have a book by uh, Ivor Myers and the book is called The Christian Art of War. You just need to send us a text message with the code SA123 to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and our our friendly robot will take you through. Alright, guys. Well, look, uh, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, uh, David. Uh, Charles uh, worshiping here in Adelaide with um, Prospect International Church, and. Um in the leadership there if you are around why not to visit uh, Prospect Church here in Adelaide David Lima from Family Voice Australia we really appreciate your work David and uh, standing for the family and not only um, you know uh, standing tall for the teachings of the Bible and uh, helping uh, people to find God we really appreciate your uh, work uh, guys and uh, my dear friend listening today you know you are part of this Uh, you are in the business of salvation Um, God will love you to partake on this let us know what are your thoughts but um, I would like to mention that uh, next time we are going to look at uh, um, a different topic a holy masquerade Uh, are the faithful hypocrites wow what a subject for next week and uh, what is the church? Where is the church at this stage? We're looking forward for that time. Until then, may God richly bless you. Have a wonderful time with God and walk safely in the footsteps of Jesus. I'm going to leave you with a song here, The Victory Prayer. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.